Hello and welcome to another episode of the Citizens of Lorcana podcast, a podcast where we invite you to be a part of their world. We are your host, Jared and James, and today we're talking about the six inks. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode. Hey everyone, welcome, welcome to another week. Last week we talked about our experience at Gamma, which was amazing, so if you haven't had a chance to hear it, make sure to go back and check out our last pod. And this week we're going to try something a little different. Yep, uh, that is correct. This week we're officially launching ourselves into the realm of clickbait by ranking the six inks from worst to best according to playability. Now, this is something we haven't done before, so make sure to let us know if you liked or didn't like what you heard. Uh, But before we get into the rankings, let's take a minute and recap the identities of each ink. And these are lifted straight from DisneyLorcana.com. And just for fun, we're going to pick our favorite cards from each ink as we go. So I'm going to kick it off with Amber. And according to the website, Amber Glimmers are purposeful, patient, and dedicated. They're able to pursue causes and ambitions with single-minded persistence. They often work within communities, either from above as a leader or from within as a healer, bodyguard, or just a loyal follower. Uh, so this basically makes it sound like they're protective, right? I think that's the main thing that we're, we're getting from this. They, they're focused and protective. Yep. <clears throat> yep, I would say so. All right. So... I'm going to say my fave, and I, I have these written down elsewhere because we weren't supposed to show each other our <laughs> That's faves. Right. So let me go find my list here. Uh, okay, so I all I think I mentioned this on a previous podcast. I always have an issue doing like best of or like my top thing, but I'm going to try really hard to just give an answer for one. And I'm going to guess, I guess... Uh, I'm going to pick Lord of the Underworld Hades. Oh, that is and, not what I would have expected. And I, I picked him mainly because uh, it is a really good, uh, since he his ability is allowing you to draw a card back out of your discard pile, if you're playing it with certain decks that you're going to be going fairly aggro on someone and you're going to have a lot of stuff in your discard pile, He's really good to have to just keep basically refreshing that uh, that group of people you have constantly attacking. So, uh, and I since I've played a few games in the last week, uh, he was fairly useful. So I picked him. He's a great one. I played one with a deck with him in it, and I was playing against Sugi from Lorcana Cast, and uh, I kept kept using Hades to bring back the baby Maleficent. It was hilarious. Um, it's hard. Same with you. It's hard to pick a favorite. And we were talking about this before we went on air. Like, is this our favorite art style? Is this our favorite that we like to play with? So I went with the one I enjoy to play with the most. And it was hard, hard to decide. Mm -hmm. Um, but I would have to say the one I have the most fun with when you can get it working is Stitch Rockstar. Yeah. It feels so good to get that stitch onto the field. And then whenever you play a one or two cost glimmer to be able to draw a card, it's, I mean, 
card draw is as good as we thought it was going to be in this game. And Stitch is a great engine for drawing cards. He was my second choice. <laughs> uh, Moana was my second choice. <laughs> she was, she was, I, when I was making my list, I was like, as I lowered them down, I'm like, okay, Moana, Hades, Stitch. You know, I basically have lists of like three or four different different cards that I'm like, well, it, it was helpful to 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 basically say I'm only going to pick these based on playability or with the ones that I've enjoyed using in the last few games I played. Um, yeah. Then it allowed me to limit my list more. So I didn't use Moana very much. So I was able to set that aside and say, OK, even though Moana is one of my favorite characters and I, and I love the card, I didn't use it that much. So for playability. That's what I'm going for on this list. I like it. Okay, let's move on to Emerald. Emerald Glimmers are flexible, gifted with the ability to adapt to changing circumstances. They are never caught off guard. Quick thinking, but not necessarily book smart. They navigate their environment, whether physical or social, natural or artificial, with ease. And I will throw a disclaimer here. I have actually not playtested Emerald. I was going to. But then they came out with new cards, and uh, I went with uh, the new cards instead. However, I will say my favorite out of this group of Emerald would probably be Cheshire Cat, especially if you combo it with the Beast as mine. Um, target one of their main lore getters or one of their big bodies, have it attack the uh, Cheshire Cat, and you get rid of their you get rid of their uh, big body there. So I was also going to pick Cheshire Cat because obviously it's just a cool card and we don't have very many uh, emeralds to pick from. Uh, but since you picked Cheshire, I can go with my second choice, which is Cruella, which is uh, kind of the same function, but not quite as severe um, as, as Cheshire. So she's going to put the card, put a, put a card back in your hand. The nice thing about Cruella, where you get the bonuses, that's not necessarily the card that attacked Cruella. You can pick another another card that's on your player on your opponent's board. So it's a pretty powerful card. And uh, if again you can use the Beast's Mind to get someone to attack Cruella, then you can you can definitely make use of it. And I know people said, yeah, but with Cruella, you bounce like if you do one of their shift characters. They're like you get both cards back in the other hand and they can just replay them next turn. But either way, they have to dedicate resources to replaying it and then they have to wait a turn for the ink to dry. So it's still a good play as it slows down their game plan, at least by a turn. Exactly. OK, so next up we have Sapphire Glimmers and they are intellectual, intelligent and creative. They excel at strategy, invention and the arts. They can almost always know something, plan something, or invent something that will win the day. So my favorite from Sapphire is Detective Mickey. And uh, I this one's a little bit the look because I haven't played with Sapphire a lot. But also, again, just getting uh, that ramp going with being able to ink a card uh, when you play it. And just continually getting yourself ahead of the game is obviously a good thing in this game. And uh, I think it's just really good uh, to, to be able to do that with a, with a, you know, a pretty low-cost character, and it's Mickey. Yep, you can't go wrong with that. Um, my favorite card, the one that I like just smile when I play it, has got to be Aurora Dream Guardian. 
I'm going with all the big cards here, I guess, but I love her ward ability because more often than not, you're playing against a steel deck and they have those stupid fire the cannons or they have smash. And yeah, they can still use those against Aurora, but at least Aurora's protecting, you know, like fire the cannons and smash. Neither one of those can take Aurora out by themselves. So um, she's able to protect the other glimmers there. And I almost picked her. My second choice was actually develop your brain. But I almost picked her because, but then she let me down in the last game we played last night, the game I played with my wife. And I was going to get my second Aurora with Ward out so they could cover each other. And before I could do that, my wife just like demolished like a character and then like just was ramping up so much lore as like there was no point she was gonna she won like <laughs> next turn so i'm like ah uh what a bummer well, but that makes me happy that she finally won a game oh she's won multiple games now does she like it better now <clears throat> she still likes the game she's she just doesn't want to be playing it every single night <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i'm like well this is just because we know uh we were testing different colors uh so i could have more information uh, since i hadn't played every color um for this for this particular podcast and she was like you know do we have to keep playing this like every single night i'm like no not every single night just every single night up until the podcast <laughs> for research research but yeah so <laughs> i love it but yeah we got a few games at least uh, one or two games in every night for the last like three or four nights at least so no, all right let's move on to amethyst Amethyst Glimmers are wondrous, for this is the otherworldly ink of sorcerers, sages, animated objects, and other glimmers who use their special powers to achieve their aims. They are incredibly powerful when they have access to their amazing abilities, but may land in trouble if they're stripped of those or tap into power they can't control. <sighs> there are so many good Amethyst cards, so many good ones. It is hard to pick a favorite. Um, I will say like lately, the one that I've really enjoyed playing and there's a lot of them. Okay. Um, but I'm just going with this one is Jafar. I mean, having him on there when he challenges as a five, five, uh, attacker, it's so strong. He can clear pretty much any of the Dreamborn characters. Um, and he's just, he's a great card for controlling the opponent's board. That is an, an unusual choice, but uh, definitely a good one because it lets me pick my first one, which I thought you were going to pick. So I had a second choice, uh, which is Friends on the Other Side, of course. Just that that two-card draw, being able to sing it to get it out. Um, when you, you know, if you want to play some other cards, especially if you draw something, you still have all that ink waiting. Uh, so that one has actually won me at least one or two games recently. Uh, and, uh, if you had picked that one, I was going to pick Pascal because that is one cool little lizard. You didn't go with Olaf. You know, if we were picking it just for my favorite, I would have picked Olaf, but no, I had to pick based on playability and friends on the other side is just too good. Like I said, it's won me games, uh, by getting some cards into my hand that I needed. And so yeah, you know, it has to be, it's such a good card and it feels so good to play. Trust me, my mind, I wanted to pick that, but I was like, no, I'm going to choose something a little different for, for uh, Amethyst. 
But yeah, hands down, it's got to be, if not the best, one of the top three best in the games yeah, so far. Exactly. All right, so we're going to get into some Ruby. Ruby glimmers are daring. They use their speed and bravery to defy the odds. They are often warriors, explorers, and daredevils. That is the shortest ink description. And the thing is, is that the Ruby is so tough. Um, and my top choice, and again, I, I had a hard time, but I'm going with Dragonfire. Uh, just the, I was going to go with that one too. Instant removal. Boom. I mean, it's so good. And I mean, the reason why I picked it is not because I've been able to play with it and it was been awesome, but because of how much it changed my game and ruined my game when it was played against me, which means it's a really good card because it stops people cold. So uh, it's awesome. I love it. Well, if you're going with Dragonfire, I will go with uh, with uh, Tigger. <laughs> um, having those evasive cards. Oh, yeah. Again, we don't know how much lore he has, but uh, um, there's not a lot that can really deal with evasive characters right now, especially ones that are strong like uh, Tigger. Um, but he's the, the cheapest of the... Or is it Goofy? Goofy is the cheaper one. Goofy, Goofy that's that's what I'm thinking of. Goofy. Um, I mean, they're all good, but I like Goofy because he's what? Five? He's five yes. Uh, yeah. So it's pretty good. Pretty affordable. But so, I agree that Dragonfire is so, so good. Yeah. And so that was the the reason why my wife was um, just ramping up that lore so fast. She got <laughs> Goofy out and she already had a few out, the other characters out. And she just was able to like, you know, four then six and then whatever lore every turn for the last few turns. And I'm like, I got nothing for that. I got nothing. <laughs> um, but yeah, those evasive characters, man, that's what that was. My second pick was basically the evasive set that is in. Yeah. That is just awesome. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about steel. Now steel glimmers are strong, large and imposing armored or just plain powerful. Steel glimmers can apply huge amounts of brute force to get the job done. My favorite here, again, there's so many. <laughs> um, I love the I love the Captain Hook forceful duelist just for the early pressure he can put on the board state. And it's a sweet looking card. So yes, the best of both worlds. Exactly. And I'm gonna pick Hercules because that early bodyguard to save all of those ones and twos that are still left that can just quest for lore with impunity is pretty awesome. I agree. I really wanted to try the Mickey Mouse, the three musketeer one, mm -hmm. because it has bodyguard, but every game I've played where he's been in my deck, I just have not been able to get him out. Yeah, I think six I, cost. I think I played one or two with him in the deck and the same thing. I couldn't get it. I think I might have got him out once, and then I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly, this is the one of the ones, again, where my wife was just like, oh, look, I dragon-fired. So it's like, come on. Yeah. But my wife is playing the last few games. She started with Ruby Emerald. Uh, I built that for her because that, you know, basically just throw every card in there except for four and you're done. Yeah. And uh, she won one and uh, I won one. And then I built a Ruby Steel. And uh, Ruby Steel is really fun and she's really enjoying it. She's like, oh, so I'm playing this one until you take <laughs> it away from me. <laughs> 
Okay, so without with that out of the way, now that we know the identities of these six inks, now that we've got that out of the way, we're going to lay the framework for how the rest of this is going to work. James and I both created a list of six inks, ranking them from worst to best in terms of playability. We haven't shown each other our list yet, so we will be just as surprised as you are, kind of like with our favorite cards. With that being said, James, which ink do you rank as the least playable? I think this one might be your choice as well. Uh, and that's mainly because of the card count, and that's Emerald. It's There's just not enough cards to really give it a wide flavor of how it's going to work. Even though there's powerful cards in there, it's just not enough to really help build uh, a, what, I mean, for me, it just didn't feel like it was working 100% when I put the emeralds in that ruby emerald deck for my wife. It just, there was like, there wasn't enough. So I think emerald with other inks may be better. Uh, there may be better stuff you can do, but just what I saw in playing against it, it just wasn't good enough. Yep, you were right. I picked emerald as my least playable. And again, I hold out judgment. Um because we just don't know. Like, there's just not enough cards to form a cohesive strategy with Emerald. I mean, and each of the cards on their own are decent cards. Like, the Steamboat Mickey Willie is a... Steamboat Willie Mickey is a... He's a solid card. Three, three, four. Um, And we already talked about the Cheshire Cat and Lady Tremaine. And, well, we didn't talk about Lady Tremaine. Uh, we talked about Cruella DeVille. So each of these cards has the potential to be something interesting. But I just don't think there's enough Emerald cards revealed yet to uh, create a, like a working strategy here. So I would have to agree there. I feel, so, like, I feel like that it doesn't... I mean, that's kind of why this is kind of like a clickbaity thing is because based on what we've seen as we get more cards, like we've got a bunch of cards in steel and amethyst now. And those inks are was like, I love those inks. It's like, you know, that Emerald's going to get better with when they reveal more cards. I mean, they have to, the, the, the stuff they've revealed so far is really good. There's just not enough of it. So yes, Emerald is, is the worst right now, but you know, if they give us three new Emerald cards in the next two weeks, all of a sudden Emerald might be like, Hey, look at Emerald. That's moving towards the top now. So and I just have a feeling that Emerald is going to be a really fun color to play. Yeah, like I think so. I think it's going to be one of those uh, colors where where it either works really good, like you get all the right cards and you get to like play just a really fun game, or else it's going to work really bad. So, I, I okay. What I'm trying to say here is I don't know how consistent Emerald is going to be. But uh, again, this is coming from a TCG newbie here. So take it for what it's worth. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you have in fifth place? Okay, this is where it started to get hard for me. <laughs> um, I went with uh, Ruby here. I went with Ruby because it does have the removal with Dragonfire and Maleficent. It's also got the evasive package with Goofy, Tigger, and Mickey. But the evasive package is also expensive. I mean, we talked about Goofy being 
six six costs, right? Goofy five, Tigger five. six. Okay. That's what it is. Mickey's eight. So five, six so, I mean, for the evasives. By the time you're getting to turn five, like that in a lot of games, for me, that's approaching the mid to late game. And for Ruby, that's like bringing their hard hitters online when you hit number five. Um, and then Dragonfire feels really good. But is it good enough to justify, you know, putting it into your deck? Like, it really depends. It pairs well with Sapphire. But uh, because Sapphire has that ramp package. But as far as the ink color itself, I had to put Ruby number five. Interesting. So I went, believe it or not, the one you just mentioned, Sapphire. And I mainly did that because I just couldn't get something working. Like the main thing that so far, besides the ramp, is the items, uh, the item cards that uh, Maurice and Bell both help you play. And there just aren't enough item cards yet to really, that are, that are really worth playing in one other ink that I feel like it's it's really doing its job. Uh, so it's 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 a really good ink for the ramp, but you know, I just wanted to do more and it wasn't doing enough. So, and like I said, Aurora let me down, not being able to get that second one out. So I'm 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 thumbs downing sapphire lower than the others just because of that. <clears throat> and, I, go ahead. I'm so bad for sapphire to be my color. Um and well we'll talk about when when we get to my turn for sapphire but uh it, it hurts my heart that you put it number 5 <laughs> well let me let me uh, say that as you mentioned that it's it starts getting hard like after that first one it's like okay emerald's the easy one i would have to say that my rankings weren't the top 6 so much as uh four number ones a number 2 and a number 6 <laughs> <laughs> So Sapphire wasn't that far behind, but it was behind the other four. And so I basically, when you hear me say my order for numbers one through four, I basically could have switched almost any of them yeah. for the other at this point because I felt like they were all fun and and playable and had really good things about them. So from here on out, we're just talking about the best stuff. So what have you got at number four? So number four, I decided that I would go with Amber. and despite the fact that it has, you know, the Moana package for the princesses, which I actually haven't played uh, a full princess package deck yet, or it has Stitch with, uh, you know, being able to get those ones and twos out. Um, I've only played a couple of games with it, and it just wasn't quite enough for me in the games I played to be, to be able to put it up that high. I'm sure I just played something wrong, or I didn't build the deck exactly right. Um, and I'm sure that you could build something awesome with it. It's just, it just ended up in fourth because I just didn't have a good couple of games when I did play it. That's fair. Um, I put my Sapphire as number four and that hurt me as well, but <laughs> it was for a lot of the reasons that you articulated. I mean, the, the thing that sets Sapphire above um, Ruby for me is the fact that it has pretty solid one drops with Flounder. It has Aurora, uh, Royal Princess as a two drop, which allows you to shift into Aurora Dream Guardian. That's a solid play. Um, it also has Let It Go, which is another 
uh, removal spell like uh, Dragon Fire. It doesn't feel as good as Dragon Fire, but it's inkable, which is nice. Um, and then it's got the ramping abilities in it. So, but again, when I've played Sapphire in the past and I've ran the ramp package, there have been a lot of times where I will end up with Detective Mickey in my hand or one jump ahead. And I don't really like need them or I need that card to be ink itself. And it's just sitting in my hand like doing nothing. So that's frustrating for me. Um, I love the ramp ability, but <laughs> you wouldn't think not being inkable would be such a big issue, but it really changes how you play. You have to be able to ink a card each turn or else you're just going to fall behind. Yeah, for sure. Next, we have number three. So, top half here. For number three, I actually went with Amber. Um, and now we're going to start like covering the same inks that we've talked about. Otherwise, I like Amber for a lot of the reasons that I've said already. I mean, Amber has some good one drops with Hey Hey. Um, it's got Stitch. It's got Moana. And there's so many different ways you can use Amber. You can use it for Stitch to uh, get that draw engine going. But for me, like, it's hard to get that engine going. Like, I've only gotten it going a few times. Um, or you can use Moana and run a princess package, which pairs well with Sapphire because Sapphire has a lot of princesses. Um, but Amber also has uh, many uh the princess card i don't think there's any other princesses in amber ariel, ariel. oh yeah 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 ariel but she, but she can't sing so she can't sing but um to have moana's ability where you can quest with your princesses and then quest with moana and ready up your princesses it is so good it is so good i mean being able to take away your opponent's ability to challenge your characters is a really good ability Yes, it's really good. It's just, it just feels, again, a little bit incomplete to where you can't really make the best use of it. Now, I'm going to try building a princess deck at some point so I can test that out and put in some some good ramp, maybe do it, uh, like, like you said, the Amber, Amber Sapphire and just get some ramp in there to get that Moana out as soon as possible and just start just start questing for lore and just see how fast you can get it out. One with just in time, and this runs into the same problem, not being inkable. But if you draw just in time in your opening hand and you have Moana and can get Moana out on turn three with just in time. Perfect. It's, yeah, it's, it's so good. How often can you manage that, right? <laughs> Let's see. So my third is one you've already picked, and that's Ruby. And it sounds like we're going to have the same top two. So, uh Ruby for me, I think the only thing that's detracting is that it doesn't have low cost stuff in it, which you can fill in from the other color. But with the removal and the evasive, it just feels like just a really powerful color to add into either or any of the other colors except Emerald at this point and makes it just that much more powerful. So interesting that the things that I was knocking ruby for are the things that you are uh, praising ruby for right 
different i mean that's tcgs man different kinds of players love different things but i will say i mean to your point uh ruby makes a great ink to combo with other inks i mean there's no getting around that that dragon fire is so good and throwing mickey in there so i think it is a great ink to combo so now since we basically know that we have the same two inks to end uh Let's see if we have the same order at this point. So I'm going to say my second place ink is steel. Mine too. Yeah. I mean, Amethyst can't not be number one. Right. I mean, it can't. But steel is is full of so many good cards, and it has the both smash and the cannons and the ability to get those cannons back and the powerful one-drop hook. It's got so much good stuff and bodyguard. I mean, it's so much good stuff to add to basically any other color to just get that, get those damage in, get those protections up and just start questing for lore and, and hopefully let your hooks and your cannons and smash take care of your opponent while your bodyguards protect your questers. Well, the thing that I love about steel is everything that you said, the cannons, I mean, and there's so many two drop. I mean, there's so many cards that have two willpower that you can just wipe off the board with cannons. It's so good. But the thing that I really like about steel is it makes your opponent think about how they're going to interact with you. I mean, because they could send their characters on quest for lore, but if they see that Captain Hook there, he will wipe out a two drop, sometimes even a three drop, even like Hades. What is it, Lord of the Underworld? That's a four cost, but it's a three, two. Um, Hook will take that out. So um, it really makes you think like, do I want to quest for this? Do I want to wait until I have my board a little more clear? Now, that also makes you as a steel player have to play more defensively because if you're going to put out a Captain Hook or a, a Hook Forceful Duelist, you're not going to quest and leave them open for attack unless you have really good reason to. Like, that's just not the best way to use them. But if you get that Hercules out there, I mean, it's awesome. Go to town. Go to town. And that's why I really wanted to try the Mickey Musketeer, because it's six cost, but it's a two strength, seven willpower. Yeah. And hiding all those bodies behind it, like, probably not feasible, but I'm just imagining a wall of four Mickey Mouse Musketeers. (laughs) That would be impossible to get through. It, w- it would be very difficult. Yes, you'd have to have four dragon fires. Yes, yes. <laughs> or on the opposite end, if you, and I've never played this card, and I've never seen it played, but if you have Simba out, I mean, when Simba challenges, he you, has seven. Wait, you did see it played. You dragon fired it in our live game at... Uh, that's right, that's at right. Gamma. The, what, it was out for like three seconds. You immediately so, dragon fired it as soon as it got to your turn, which was the very next play. That's, uh, that's why I blocked it out of my memory. <laughs> it wasn't even on the board long enough to remember. It's hilarious. <laughs> I'm so happy. I like I got a Simba in my hand, and I'm like, well, I didn't get. I'm not every because then I was top decking except for that Simba, and so I, every card I drew, I'm like, well, Simba's still better than this, so let's ink this, and just kept getting up to until I had enough for Simba. Well, listen, I was in a precarious situation because it felt like you and Liam were kind of going at it and 
I don't know, like whenever I would strike one of you, like I dragon fired your Simba, then it felt like you guys came after me, like both of you. It was, I don't know, that multiplayer was interesting. It was fun. I mean, it, it, was, fun. it was the first one we played. So it's like, yeah, we got to figure out how this thing works. That's right. Uh, so uh, I'm guessing that we know what your number one is. So why is Amethyst your number one? Amethyst is so good. I mean, it has multiple avenues of packages that you can use. I mean, one of the most common ones is the Mickey Mouse and Brooms combo. That is so good. And for those of you who don't know, Mickey Mouse Sorcerer has the ability to reduce the cost of brooms. So if you have one Mickey Mouse Sorcerer on the field, your brooms go down to one cost. Um, and then the brooms themselves have an amazing ability to sweep a card back into a player's play card so if you're playing with an opponent that has a steel deck you can sweep the cannons back into their deck so their hook can't take a you know advantage of that but then also it's like the little things with uh like baby maleficent having two lore when she quests and having amazing card draw with friends on the other side i mean even if you're struggling you could pull out a magic mirror if you're that desperate but there's so many options. It's so versatile. How about you? Why do you like it? Mainly because of all of those things uh, with the card draw. And I I mean, I was just looking at it and like, yes, they have three of the best one drops in the game. The the Maleficent with two lore, Pascal with evasive when you get another character out, and Olaf with three willpower to basically get out there and take a few hits from early cards and, and you know, take a few hits in order to get them gone. So between all of that, and then you add in the drawing cards and you add in the Mickey broom situation, which is if you can get that running, man, you, you could go to town on that. I mean, that one, I, I was, I got like one or two turns of making that work before I got dragon. My Mickey got dragon fired, but I mean, it's an awesome thing. If you can get it running for a turn or two and, or even more would be awesome, but it's just some cool stuff. I mean, it's just a lot of cool stuff that you can, that works all really well together and complements. Uh, other the other inks as well so you can play it with all the other inks and then you can make a good deck so i i just really love playing with the, i think virtually every single deck i've built so far has had amethyst in it yeah amethyst i think has the most cards revealed so far but uh, they're all just really good cards i mean even the maleficent sorceress the three cost two two where she basically replaces herself by letting you draw a card. Yep. I mean, for those of you who haven't played this game, we cannot stress how important card draw is. Like, if you are find yourself in a situation where you're top decking, which basically means you have no cards in hand and you're just drawing the top card hoping to get something good, like, it doesn't feel good. You'll probably end up drawing a coconut basket. <laughs> <laughs> Don't or put the coconuts in the deck <laughs> or, or something else similarly useless. Like if you have no ability to uh, draw the cards or search your deck, I mean, it's pretty much game over at that point. So um, I'm, I'm hopeful that the other cards will get card. I mean, I'm hopeful that the other inks will get some card draw on them, but for now, I mean, Amethyst is the king of card draw. Yeah. It's, and so that's why all of my decks have been built with it. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, what did you guys think about our rankings? Were we right or were we wrong? Take to the comments. 
who won like that right like yeah who won between jared and james who picked the best list we we had three of the same like numbers five four and three were are where we were different so yeah but i think i think pretty much anybody would probably choose the same you know first second and sixth right yeah i think so i i mean some people do have some preferences uh for certain plays and they might like it a little bit more but i don't think you can really i mean i don't know who would put something besides amethyst at the top no you know i i can maybe see an argument for uh amber being number two over steel right but uh amethyst is definitely number one. Oh, another thing that i forgot to mention with ruby is uh mulan i mean mulan is just a great card where when you banish a an opposing character all the rest of your characters get plus one lore and aladdin oh yeah yeah i mean i haven't even played with aladdin but he has an amazing ability i got hit with i'm getting i've gotten hit with that a couple of times because as i mentioned she's had a ruby emerald and then a ruby steel deck so she's had the ability to get out aladdin early when we she was playing ruby emerald and that was the best play she was able to make and then being able to banish someone and then get that four lore swap I mean, it's pretty good. And that's each time he banishes somebody? Each time it's a four lore swap. So wow. you, and he has two lore to quest with. So you're basically, instead of just questing for two, you're getting two if you banish someone and making your opponent lose two. So it's a four swap instead oh, of yeah. the two gain, you know? So yeah, no, it's it's a good card. If, if you can get it working right, once Emerald gets more cards, and that's why... Uh, so what we did is that's why she was playing with Ruby Emerald is I said, let's play with the starter deck colors first and see what it's like playing more with the the colors that the starter decks have. So we can get an idea of what uh, what Robinsberger thinks uh, the colors should be that are like should be together, like as you know, the basics and then go from there and see why and what is happening with the different colors when you put the other things together. And of course, it's going to be much easier to figure that out once we have all the cards but you know getting just getting a feel for the things was what we wanted and i think it was it was a lot of fun playing the different games and being able to figure out you know the different ways that things work yeah i agree it's been it's been a lot of fun i mean uh learning this new game has just been so enjoyable so is there anything else we want to talk about with the inks uh i don't think so just can't wait for more cards <laughs> well in that case uh we have not had really any news since gamma so we're going to jump into our jeopardy segment unless you can think of anything else there was no news since gamma it's like literally they, they had one post and it was a hey nice to meet everybody at gamma yeah which it was it was really awesome to meet everybody oh yeah what was your highlight no, we highlight. Can I pick one? On <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, well, actually, it was it was hilarious. Last night I uh I opened up uh, I hadn't watched it at all. So I opened up Liam's uh live videos from uh from Gamma and mm. I was watching them and I saw myself um uh talking to Ryan. Mm -hmm. And I was, you know, I was like, oh hey, look, there I am when I was talking to Ryan. I'm like that was so cool. I got to spend uh, like somewhere around 10 minutes just chatting with Ryan uh, while the games were going on on that first night. And that was just so cool to be able to just 
listen to him talk, give him, you know, tell him how much I appreciated things and just be having chats about stuff. And it was, it was just really cool to be able to talk to, to Ryan about that stuff. Um, he didn't like give me any deep secrets about Lorcan or anything. Uh, right. it's just, it was just a fun conversation, which if you do watch Liam's stream, you can see how, and I, and I realized this, I mean, I, I knew this anyway, because, you know, I've lived with myself for 50 or something years, but I talk with my hands a lot. <laughs> and I'm like watching this going, wow, my hands are moving a lot while I'm talking. It was hilarious to see. I never see myself. So that was fun. Uh, but giving chatting with Ryan uh, was just really cool because it was just the the thing that I've mentioned on the podcast be, last last week when we recorded it. And I, I think on the other one with uh, with Sugi, um, just how much how much it was how much how cool it was talking with all the Robinsberger employees because it was just so cool to hear how much effort and and care they're putting into the game and i think just getting that i mean that for from my perspective that is the coolest thing because there's just so much stuff out there that you know people are just cranking out just to crank it out and you can tell when things are made with care and so it was just really cool to see yeah yeah, I'll share something that I didn't share in any of the other podcasts. And it was after you and Liam went home. Um, so Ryan did a day two presentation where he gave the same presentation. People asked different questions. But during the presentation, he's like, hey, in our back, we have, you know, these couple guys. It sounded like he said Stefan and another guy. I can't remember the name. But uh, I talked to the the guys in the Lorcana community who are from Germany and they talk about an employee for Robinsberger named Stefan. So I, after the presentation, I went up to this guy and I was like, hey, are you, do you work in Germany? He's like, oh, I work for a German company. I was like, yeah, but do you work for the Germany like headquarters? He's like, no, I'm actually the, the CEO of Robinsberger North America. It's like, oh, you're Stefan or Stefan. <laughs> He's like, yeah, that's right. I was like, oh, my apologies. It was so embarrassing. But this goes back to what you're saying about how humble and authentic these um, Robinsberger employees are. He sat there and chatted with me and he's like, hey, I just want you to know uh, somebody recommended your podcast. I've listened to it. I really enjoy it. Um, and just to have somebody who's on that level say that they enjoy our podcast. <laughs> right. Um, it was incredible. And and um that was from the CEO down to everybody. And, and the second highlight that I had, this was before the presentation. I got there like half hour early because literally I had nothing else to do. Wait for your so plane. I was just sitting there and um, some of the Robinsberger team was sitting at another table. I was sitting at a table by myself. And then Steve comes up and just sits at the table with me. And we chatted for like 15 minutes. It was so cool. So those That's were awesome. probably two highlights that I wanted to share. It's good to hear. I mean, come on, they are just people, you know, but they really people, are. They're they're people making the game that we've come to love and want to play so badly. And so they're basically rock stars. And when they come <laughs> and say hi to you, it means a big deal. But yeah. not not only that, like the not only that, but the appreciation that they expressed for us 
like especially Ryan and Steve, it's like every time they saw us, they're like, hey, we really appreciate what you guys are doing for the community. It's just so awesome that they care. Yeah. And and we didn't talk about this, I don't think, because uh, we recorded the uh, live from Gamma uh, episode before we talked to him. But we also got to talk to uh, Philippe Frankie, the uh, the head of Global Games. I mean, they had yeah. the big guns show up at Gamma. They weren't all there right at the same time, but they all showed up. They brought out the big guns. And uh, that was I think that was a pretty big deal that they were all showing up there. I think they had might have had some meetings and things with distributors or or vendors or who knows. But I think there was some some high level stuff going on at Gamma. Absolutely. And and Philip was awesome. He was so cool. I mean, he's, he's basically like he's basically a 60s kind of surfer dude who is, <laughs> you know, working at a game company now. It's pretty awesome. When he, just for people who don't know, he used to be the CEO of Ravensburger North America until he got promoted to global head of games. Or I, asked like him, I asked him about that. He didn't get promoted to head of global games. Technically, he already was. He was doing oh. two jobs. Okay. It just wasn't like in, it was just wasn't like official. So they basically made him, you know, head of global games was as if he was basically doing that job while he was also the head of Robinsberger North America. And then he's like, I'm going to concentrate on that. And then they brought Stefan in to be the the new CEO. So amazing. Yeah. So that's pretty awesome. All right. Are we ready for Disney Jeopardy now? I am ready. Okay. I hope you have uh, brushed up on your names. No, but we'll see how it goes. All right. For 100. These are the two characters who sing... Love is an open door in the movie Frozen. That would be Anna and that jerk, Hans. Correct. Ding, 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 ding. Okay. This one would be a struggle for me, um, just because I've only seen this movie once, but it might not be a struggle for you. This is the name of the girl that befriends Lilo in Lilo and Stitch. This is going to be difficult for me because I haven't seen this movie in a long time. Yeah, I don't know. And I don't even know how to give you a hint. Uh, Nani is her name. Nani. (laughs) That name does sound familiar. Okay. Uh, For 300, this is the name of the firefly in Princess and the Frog. See, I know this one. Is it Ray? That is correct. Nice. All right. Okay. <clears throat> what is the name of Tarzan's adoptive mother? This is a, you're trying to phrase this as a trick question. Sorry, sorry. This is the name of Tarzan's adoptive mother. Gorilla. Uh, I also haven't seen this movie in a long time. And... It rhymes with. Rhymes with Nala. Nala? Starts with the... Nala, Sorry. yes. Oh, okay. I did, not, I did not know that, no. Uh, that was, that was, that was a, a very good hint. Um, okay, for, for 500. I brought some tough questions today. Yeah. This is the name of the guard in Hunchback of Notre Dame. 
it's the like love interest of Esmer- right. Esmeralda. Okay, so I might get this slightly wrong because I've actually never seen the whole movie. But oh. I do know a lot of the characters from a lot of different things. So is this like Phoebus or something like that? Yes, that's it. Nice. Oh, I never would have gotten that. Telling so you, certain Disney you... stuff just really helped me remember some certain names, but apparently not Tala or Nani. You were three out of five. So that's not bad. And and I came, I mean, starting from 200, those were hard questions. They were fairly difficult. But I mean, again, it's just have you seen it and do you remember it enough, you know, to to know? I mean, I mean, if you're if you're gonna be pulling out like best friends of like out of every single movie, I mean, you're gonna only get some of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I feel good about that. I, I I don't think I did that badly. No. Let's wrap this up. So if you liked what you heard, you can follow us on YouTube. You can subscribe to us on the different podcast platforms. You can follow me on Twitter at Citizens of Lurkana. And James, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me everywhere online at Dan Regal. Uh, you can check out geekshotphoto.com for photography and social media and stuff links from uh, my wife and I. And thank you all for joining us and we'll see you next time.